0: It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn california wine country with dan Berger, brought to you by bottle barn rodney strong vineyards and davis bynum wines and barry herbst the wine buyer from bottle barn is back with us and it's rosé all day on california wine country (laughs) now you guys have an amazing selection of rosés of every kind at bottle barn and more than anyone else in the county
1: maybe anyone Mm -hmm. in the country very possible. We try. Yeah.
0: You got any kind of number figure? I counted last of different year. Rosés you have.
1: Last
2: year we were over a hundred. I think this year, because of fires and various frost in Europe and that sort of thing, we're we're probably a little bit down. But at least ninety, I would think, this year, and maybe which more. is huge. It's day. a yeah.
1: thicket. Let me tell you, I, I've, I've been <laughs> walking through there, and I keep my my cart keeps getting filled up with rosés I never saw before. <laughs>
2: And some have already come and gone because they just don't make. You know, some I only get two or three cases of, and that's it for the year.
1: And the colors are interesting too, because you see some of these wines that Barry brought are from different regions of the world that you typically don't see these wines. And one of these, one of these wines is so hard, it's, it's hard to get. And he's opening it right now. You can't pronounce this. I can't pronounce this.
0: You got
2: to be Basque. <laughs>
0: gotta, I think <laughs> I can barely pronounce Harry. <laughs> these days, but uh, we'll get into that when, when uh, Barry explains what, what he's got there. But there's, yeah, look at the array of colors.
1: Yeah, they're all different.
0: Yeah, you know, and I always, when we're talking rosés, I always have to have Dan kind of uh, you know, explain the popularity of rosés, because for a long time, and as the late, great Ben Pearson, your predecessor used to say, uh, you know Steve, the the macho dudes did not like to be seen drinking pink wine. And, but that, Very true. Very but that true. was back in the day, and now yeah. it's changed, and just about every winery that we're aware of is making it, it at least took, one It took day. an
1: entire generation of people... Disparaging pink wine before this next generation said, wait a minute, let's drink this stuff first and then disparage. And then <laughs> yeah. they stopped disparaging it. And who cares what the color is in my glass? And that's it's exactly good stuff. yeah, absolutely. And in fact the best part about it is just because it's Wednesday mm. and coming up is the weekend and the temperatures are gonna be over a hundred, yeah. yeah. what an perfect opportunity to drink rosés on a Wednesday. So you can you spend your day Thursday going out to Bottle Barn and buy all the rosés. <laughs> the <laughs> all 90 of them? All yeah, by, all buy one of bottle them. of everything and just have a, have a blast. Uh,
0: okay, uh, Barry, uh, explain uh, obviously as Dan was just pointing out and I had mentioned basically that uh, rosés are so popular these days. Uh, that uh that's why you as the wine buyer at bottle barn, have really been working for the last few years on getting all these varied roses from all over the world
2: yeah it's uh it's an unstoppable train I think uh you know people have really you know honed the the styles and the quality to the point where you know it got so popular for a while. I had to taste everything that came in because it was like Merlot was. Your back job in the day. sucks. Yeah, exactly.
3: It's a rough job, but yeah. somebody had to do it, right?
1: You know,
2: I tough it out day in and day out somehow. But you know, it's really it's gotten to the point where the quality is so high. The flexibility with food is remarkable. Yeah, uh, almost every restaurant in town has at least five rosés on the list, and maybe five by the glass, even uh, if they're really into it. So it's it's and the the price is right because you know there's no fancy new oak involved here. Uh the wine's out on the market in no time. The accountants love that. Uh so you know what's not to like all the way around. What's this first one you poured? So this is called uh Cara Marie. It's a project uh with Daryl Groom, who's a, a well-known local oh. personality. Who oh hell yeah. For years was it Geyser Peak and Pinfolds before that. It's a project he's doing with his daughter, who's Cara Marie, I believe. And this is all Dry Creek Valley Grenache. Uh, they call it the Ra-Ra Rosé. Yeah, I like <laughs> to write up on the side of the, <laughs> yeah. the label. It's pretty cool. And uh, this is the second year I've carried this. Uh, very popular, clean, well-made, and really floral. Um, of serious wine
1: too. Florals are interesting because they're also mixed with a trace of the red wine that comes from the same variety. So mm-hmm. this wine has a little teeny bit of red in the in the nose, but it's mm-hmm. mostly pink in in the aroma. Mm-hmm. But then when you get in the mouth, you realize this is as dry as it gets. Yeah, you can't get <laughs> anything no, drier than this.
0: It's perfectly dry to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this
1: has
2: got some structure which uh, i think would give it some food you know would stand up to some food possibilities serious other roses wouldn't um a lot of grip to it and intensity so yeah bone is dry handling and
1: the the structure of this is gorgeous because most of the time when you get a rose rose like this somebody leaves just enough sugar to make, make it commercial for people who want a little sweeter wine this wine's really dry and it's gorgeous for that purpose
0: yeah, What's the price level on bottle barn on
2: this one? Uh, you know, I, b- I better look at the label. I, oh, I believe I scratched it
1: off. Oh, there
2: there you it did. I was <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> I want to say this is around $18, yeah, roughly. There's a steal. So, um, don't quote me on that, though. <laughs> we only have 6,000 wines. I haven't memorized all the prices yet. I'm trying. Hey, get around to that, will you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm working, working on it. check back with us.
3: <laughs> this, now, which one is that you were looking for the price again?
2: Uh, Cara Marie. Maybe it's in your...
3: Actually, that didn't have a, a price tag oh,
1: okay. on it. I scratched so I the one off the other one. I really like I like the, the structure of this so much that uh, I started immediately started thinking about what it would go with. And my first I- impression from just sort of brainstorming was I think this would be fabulous with steak tartare mm-hmm. because it would, the steak would have some protein and there's a little bit of tannin here, but you don't want too much tannin because – the wine doesn't have enough tannin to, to deal with it, but and a little bit of tannin from steak tartare and a little bit of the tannin that's in this wine, and then the mix is, the, the match will be perfect. Yeah, if the okay. tannin
2: gets too strong and you lose the fruit. Now, yeah.
1: Joe, uh, get your mic.
0: I have to ask this. Joe? Hmm. Yes? What is steak tartare? <laughs>
2: Meet him well.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew he'd come up with something funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: That's raw steak, Joe. Are you a
3: big Dan steak tartare eater? I love I, steak tartare. I adore
1: tartar. steak tartare when it's done right. And my favorite preparation. <laughs> <from> <laughs> years ago, you throw
3: it on a plate and it's done right, right?
2: <laughs> you hack
3: it
1: off what the ground and throw it on a plate. There's a few other things that go on to it. You know, yeah. you mix it, can't it just, with you know, eggs and stuff. Yeah, no. you, but actually, the best was was Hold. at a restaurant down in San Diego. It was a Belgian restaurant that did the best steak tartare I ever tasted in my life. No, this was not just meat. <laughs> okay. Right, this yeah. was a bunch of stuff. A few <laughs> other
0: flavorings. In yeah. there. I'm a big fan of the tartare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what? What? This is a 2021.
2: Yeah. So everything we're having today is uh, 2021. Okay. Although the the stigma of having to drink rosé the first year, I think, is fading a little bit. Uh, some of the wines are actually better, you know, one year out, year and a half out. Especially wines like Bandol from uh, south of France, um, they actually improve with age. And there's some that will last 10 or 15 years. We
1: have one here that you brought, Barry, the Savoie. That probably is set up to age for about a year. Yeah. I guess I'm
2: guessing. Yeah, it just depends on the style of the wine and the winemaking and the region. No. Mm-hmm.
1: Harry, when
0: was the last time you heard Dan lay a down burger, uh, say, one year? Never. No, <laughs> me either. Yeah.
2: Really well, on his I radar. Mean, I
1: like rosé when it's Friday. one centennial,
2: Steve. That's how I'm laying <laughs> two it down. Two years, at.
3: two years to date has been the minimum I've heard Dan say. So this is a new low. But that's for you, again, Dan. <laughs>
0: and Dan talk about that as far mm-hmm. and Barry too as mm-hmm. far as rosés. Well, don't, you don't need I, to, for the most part. I think you I don't think need rose, to lay them down too long. I, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: no, absolutely. I think you should definitely drink them up young. But if you were to lose a bottle by accident, Mm -hmm. you'd find some very interesting aromatics in these rosés as they go. You don't throw them away without trying them. Right. (laughs) Because you never know.
2: I know a lot of savvy restaurant buyers wait for the new vintage to come out, and and the wineries or the importers are sitting on the previous vintage rosé, and they're in a panic to move it out. At maybe half price, and they grab it, pour it by the glass, and it's just fine for another yeah, six the, the months real, or whatever. The
1: real danger for consumers looking for a bargain in rosé is don't buy anything that's three years old. I mean, mm-hmm. once you're at three years, that's too late for most rosés. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're ba- you're basically hoping and praying that you're going to get something decent. If you find a bottle for two ninety nine somewhere that's from two thousand seventeen. Mm. I would buy a bottle and take it home and see what you think. Most of the chances the chances mm. are slim that you're going to have anything that's worth drinking. Sketchy. Speaking yeah.
3: of prices, I went on to the Bottle Barn website and found mm. the price for the 2021 Cara- Oh, yeah. It's 21.99.
2: Okay. There we go. Well,
0: it's worth it. I'll tell you that. Good one. This is really lovely. Cara oh. Marie. Ra-Ra.
3: The Ra-Ra Rose. The Ra-Ra Rose, ra-ra rose the yeah. <laughs>
0: mm. And Daryl Groom, right? And his daughter, yeah, yeah. Daryl Groom, uh, quick, Dan, yeah. Daryl Groom,
1: he was my winemaker of the year when I was with the Los Angeles Times. I named him the winemaker of the year in 1990, and wow. it was absolutely deserving. The guy is a genius, and he not only is he a genius, he's a nice person. Yes, <laughs> so that's. He's an Aussie. What, uh, He's been
0: with us before. I think he was
1: here once, yes. We have mm-hmm. to get him on again. Well,
0: and prior to your yeah. time on this segment, uh, he was with us, too, or with uh, Carissa or uh, Michael Haney. But, uh, yeah, what a guy. And, again, a wine icon in our area. Yeah. All right, what's next, Barry Herbst? It's Rosé all day on California Wine Country.
2: So we're moving a little further north here into the uh, Anderson Valley to a really well-known winery up there it's been around for 50 years uh hush vineyards and it's the first time at least retail we've been able to get the rosé i think they poured out of their tasting room some years um and this is their 2021 blaze rosé uh which is the first time we've ever carried it and it's doing quite well and that's lovely. What, yeah. what,
1: what variety is that? Uh, uh,
2: you know, it's not on here, but I think it's a three grape blend. I uh, don't see it on here. I don't think it's all Pinot. You know, I think it's uh, multiple. Well, it,
1: it has a little bit more um, mouth presence because of the way the acid and the sugar work. There's a trace of sugar here, just the tiniest little teeny bit, but it gives it a little bit of softness.
3: The color mm-hmm. seems paler than the other bottles. More copper. Yeah, co- very good. Copperish, yeah. Not
0: okay, so much rose. well, I, I like the previous caramarie rosé uh, better than this one. But I this like, one is I good, like the
1: it? Marie because it's going to be better with food. This would be better on a patio with some cheeses and crackers and stuff like yeah. that because this is a little more succulent.
2: I agree. So Zimpadel, Carignan, and Petit Sirah in this.
1: And, and and when they're making
2: rosés these
0: days, uh, those uh, grapes you just mentioned are mm-hmm. pretty standard in a lot of rosés, right? Yeah,
2: I'd say Pinot, Grenache, uh, a lot more. You know, there was a lot of stigma about white Zinfandel, and people were kind of staying away from that. But uh, they're even coming out and putting white Zinfandel back on the label again. And
1: One of the secrets to great rosé is harvesting the fruit early enough. Mm-hmm. And if you make the wine from grapes that are harvested later and you want to make a rosé out of it typically you're going to get more tannin and that is counterintuitive to rosé so more and more winemakers are now shifting to earlier harvesting in fact i heard about a guy just yesterday was up in mendocino county harvesting uh pinot noir fruit just to make rosé nothing else no no red
2: this wine's coming in at 14.99 wow
1: a beautiful
2: wine and we are still cranking out the uh, flash sales by the way and they keep growing there's you know even though there's shortages in some areas there's still a ton of wine on the market i'm able to find deals every week 50 percent off 60 percent off the usual price and uh, a lot of the sales are, sell out within an hour or two
3: and yeah. how do folks get notice of the flash sales
2: BottleBarn.com. you pull up our website and the first thing you see is an opportunity to plug in your web, uh, email address you Put it in there and you're set to go. You'll start getting the three a week. California
0: Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn, Rodney Strong Vineyards, and Davis Bynum Wines. And uh, Barry Herbst, wine buyer for Bottle Barn, is here. We're talking rosé all day on California Wine Country. And speaking of Rodney Strong Vineyards, let me remind everyone that coming up Saturday, September 17th, they're celebrating the Sonoma harvest season with Rodney Strong's director of winemaking, Justin Seidenfeld. He's going to lead everyone through a new lineup of selected wines paired with a harvest-inspired sit-down course dinner from Pacific Connection. It's going to be another beautiful evening on the Concert Green at Rodney Strong Vineyards. Jeff Westman will be doing music from the Frank Sinatra Songbook. You better get your tickets today because these uh, events sell out quickly. Saturday, September 17th, go to RodneyStrong.com. Partnership with the Alexander Valley Film Society. Rodney Strong's hosting a series of summer movies at the winery. Coming up a week from today, September 7th, it's Alfred Hitchcock's The Bird. Again, go to rodneystrong.com. Rodney Strong Vineyards, committed to community since 1959. All right, I, I,
3: I believe there's more than one bird in that movie. You called it The Bird. Alfred Hitchcock's <laughs> did The Did I say bird. The Bird? You did say The Bird. <laughs> I only that's saw one bird when I watched it during <laughs> the pandemic, but that's,
0: that's probably because of the rose from Bottle Barn I was drinking. Mm. Why are they freaking out? There's <laughs> only one bird. No, Steve, there's many birds.
3: There are many birds in the birds. <laughs> I really said Steve's the birds. Steve is now showing me a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I am can, right we right now. Use, can we use that on
0: the air? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's radio. Did oh, I, okay. did I really say the birds. You said the bird. You said bird. <laughs> I heard it too. Mm.
0: Oh, that's one of my proudest moments. Save that, Joe. Not to be yeah. confused
1: with Hot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the birds. <laughs> <Yeah>. B-Y-R-D-S. <laughs> right. yes. yes, yes.
0: No Y in those birds. <laughs> it is California Wine Country every Wednesday at this time with Dan Berger, our guest today, the wine buyer from Bottle Barn, Barry Herbst back with us, and it's rosé all day. So what do we got now, Barry?
2: So we've jumped across to Germany now. We are in the uh, Faltz region of Germany where there's some Pinot Noir grown, and this is a dry rosé from Von Wiening, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, Dan's better at these pronunciations. <laughs> uh, so it's a bone-dry rosé and uh, a little bit lighter-bodied than we, the wines we had from California just because of the weather there and the uh, the way they do their winemaking. And uh, this is a great food wine, high-toned, crisp, a um, lot going on. It's uh, Dan thinks it will be better tomorrow even.
1: I think it needs to be opened for twenty four hours before it ever really shows itself.
2: Now you mentioned sulfites during yeah. the break. Now,
0: uh, tra- all
1: wines have sulfites. Right? Yeah, they do. But in this case, this this is a German, a classic example of German technology. They they try to protect the wine so carefully that they impact the the it, it retards the development. This wine is going to be better if you if you want to drink this tonight or to, Say you buy it tomorrow and want to drink it tomorrow night. Just open it up. First of all, get it really well chilled, and then open it up. Put it in the decanter. Just splash mm-hmm. it into a decanter, and then 20 minutes later, it's been perfect.
0: There is a lot going on with. Oh, it's flame. a lot going on here, it's yeah, but I,
1: and it's flame.
2: almost too much for me here.
1: Yeah, yeah well, you can take
2: you. a glass out and put the reseal the cap, let it bounce around in the back of your car for a while, <laughs> which is what I do with all my wine. <laughs> yeah, it really allows it to <laughs> or open up. Put it up in the Cuisinart, and, and, you know, yeah. I mean, just what the, Yeah. (laughs) Whip some air into it.
3: It's the heat that makes the difference. Exactly. I love the aftertaste of this wine. It's
1: really beautiful. Yeah. Structure. Von Vinning. W-I-N-N-I-N-G. Von Vinning.
3: And a a lower
1: ABV. I would think. It was probably no more than 12. What do you think? That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Mm -hmm. 12.5, it says on the label. Yeah. Well, it's not... This is a classic example of how the Germans have shifted their uh, technology over to making pink wine. There's a lot of nice German pink wines coming in. And now we're beginning to see really good ones from Argentina and from Chile and from South America and all you know plenty of places. Really uh, I would
0: say this is my least favorite of the rosés we've tasted, but again,
2: give it some time.
0: Oh, uh, yeah,
1: maybe 6 months to a year in the bottle and it'll be improved.
2: Really? Okay. And this is actually, I stand corrected, this is actually a 2020. So it's already had a year.
1: Oh my god! So, oh oh damn! Oh, um, oh Dan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It still needs time. It's yeah. going,
0: it's going in my uh, dump coffee cup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he'll try to get it an hour and see if it's better. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I dump all the wines into my. You already got rid of some. Of this,
1: Sonoma <laughs> Media Group coffee cup and uh, and I'll drink them on the way home.
0: I'm
3: just kidding. Yes. Um, after you get home. All my <laughs>
0: law enforcement friends. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Uh, okay, what's this one, Barry?
2: So now we are jumping over to uh, Basque Country in Spain, you know, south of San Sebastian. And uh, they're famous for a wine there called Chocoli, the white wines, where the vines actually like grow above your head and they harvest you know, standing up. Uh, it's a whole different program there. Uh, this wine is... Uh, Chocolina is a winery, and I cannot pronounce the other. There's too many X's. (laughs) This is the one Dan couldn't pronounce. Nobody wants to take this one on. It's uh, (laughs) E-T-X-A-N-I-Z. And uh, Chocolina is the winery, and uh, I I think this is a local grape that I don't even know. I just know I love the wine. It's usually a little spritzy. Got a great nose. And um, very summery when I've had it in the past.
1: Getariaco, get Chocolina, whatever. Mm. Uh,
0: tonight at Hot Monk, by the way, on the master There you go, Dave. There we go.
1: My favorite thing.
2: We should have brought some tapas to The go, reason first.
1: that these uh, g- grapes grow on trellises, by the mm. way, is that they, they grow up about seven feet high off the mm. ground. Wow. And the reason is that the soil is white. This is really an interesting little nuance to wine growing. So the the soil is white and it captures so much sunlight that it radiates the heat off the ground onto the grapes. And if they're grown too close to the ground, they get overripe. So they have to ah. grow the grapes at six or seven feet altitude wow. okay. away from the soil. Wow.
3: Send that bottle my
1: way. I want to. Yeah, you want to try pronouncing? Take that, a stab Harry? Harry? <laughs> at the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: his brother lives in Germany, so maybe he's. Well, this is from Spain. Oh, this is really well, good wine. Yeah, very this, refreshing. This delicious.
3: I'd say it's Zomanzani's. You, you did great. <laughs> Better than me. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> All right, so Dan, t- tell us more about tasting this wine. Well, uh,
1: 30 or 40 years ago, they could not make these wines in Spain. And that's because they didn't have uh, uh, cold stainless steel tanks uh, jacketed uh, uh, and cold fermentations. So they would make these wines as rosés. But they didn't have the freshness, and they couldn't sell them in international market. I was in Spain some years ago and tasted one of these wines. So I was really unimpressed. Once they started getting into they got into the common market in 1989, and by the mid-'90s, they started getting enough money so they could put in stainless steel tanks and make this wine. This Interesting. It's a, re- a reflection of the economy.
0: Harry, thoughts on this one?
3: Well, I'm I'm actually looking at the website of the winery. The the they have their own website, and it's zomenzani's.com, But I can't even spell it to, to tell you how to get there. Um, I, I think it's a nice, rich wine. It's actually. delicious.
1: Yeah. It's really delicious wine. And
3: what's
2: the I price like it on it, Barry? Uh, Seventeen ninety nine, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and this yeah. is a twenty one. Twenty one, yeah. Okay. And it's all it's a uh, local grapes again. Super hard to pronounce. Hondurabi Belza. And Zuri, um,
1: they, they, all I know is it tastes there's great. There's your Hopmunk lineup. If I <laughs> yeah. ever heard it, <laughs> and if you're into
2: scores, ninety points from Wine Spectator, ninety points from Antonio Galoni, or ninety-two from Antonio Galone. So
1: good acidity, good fruit, um, pretty substantial wine. It goes go, should go great with food. Yeah.
3: The winery itself is on on the coast.
1: Yeah, of the not a surprise. Yeah. You couldn't. You, if you get, if this just goes inland from here, it's mm. so hot that you fry those grapes.
2: Try yeah, you to, can see the ocean from these vines. I've been there one time, and there's huh. a slight saline influence in the wine itself.
1: Delicious and wine. Really yeah, good.
2: Easy drinking. We just need the tapas, like I
1: said. Yeah, you need the tapas. Oh, yeah, one more wine to go.
2: Mm. All right, we have to be quick. We've got what, Joe? minute and a half? One minute and a half. Pour All and right. talk,
3: Barry. Pour All right, we're
2: talk. shooting up to the mountains of France in the alpine area of Savoie. Uh, this is Les Roquelles from the Savoie in France. Very, you know, very cool growing area. Light bodied, heavy acid, and great
0: food wine. Dan, you got 20 seconds to comment on this wine.
1: It's got a good level of fruit, but it's mostly built on its tannins. It's more of a red wine... Variant, yeah, and it's a nice example of how the Rhone Valley can make a beautiful, structured, and balanced uh, pink wine.
2: It's Savoie. yeah, and it's a twelve forty nine a bottle. Wow, <laughs> it's uh, it's got tannin like that very first wine we had, yeah, like the Caramerie. It's got some real structure and backbone to it.
0: California Wine Country. Go to CalWineCountry.com to hear all the podcasts from all these years. It's brought to you by Bottle Barn, Rodney Strong Vineyards, and Davis Bynum Wines. Thanks, as always, to Barry Herbst, the wine buyer at Bottle Barn, where you can get almost 100 different rosés.
2: Get them now. Harvest Fair is coming there. That's all going to go away and be replaced by Harvest Fair wines come the end of September, beginning of October.
0: Okay. Thanks to Barry Herbst and, of course, Dan Berger.